Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome to the tip-off on the W2M Network, online at W2M Hold on, you've already fucked the name up. Yay. I said the tip-off. It's just the tip-off. The unprofessional Jason Teasley. I coined coined it, and I, I, I want my... You better put some respect on the name. The executive producer, Eric Watkins. You know what? There's a part of me that blames you for this. Everything was going fine until you gave my ass hope in the ACC tournament. Now my internet's been going to shit and I'm dealing with all kinds of chaos. This is what happens when you try to get me to believe. Everything just turns around and takes a massive shit. At least your team got to finish its conference tournament. Mine got knocked out in the semifinals because one of our players caught the Rona. And is that our fault? How? We had teams knocked out of our tournament, too. Okay. It just wasn't fine. (laughs) I am your host. I am the voice of reason. My name is Harry Broadhurst. And our special guest on this episode of Just the Tip-Off is my former Raw Reaction buddy, Jimmy Christopher, otherwise known as Tom John. What's up, Tom? Do you think that Guy Fieri is in a constant state of fear, and that's why his hair is like that? You're watching the the Food Network, aren't you? Oh, yes. The world fat-ass champion of the world. Of the world. Some things never change around here. All right, so here's the general idea behind tonight's episode of the show. Normally, we do the football podcast around here. It is a tradition bi- bi-weekly in the offseason, weekly during the regular season. However, for these particular two weeks in March, we turn into a basketball show because who doesn't love a good NCAA tournament? We got last year's taken away from us. This year's came back to us. Therefore, we're going to discuss it. The current plan is to go region by region and discuss our thoughts on the regions, which region we think is the group of death. And then give our prediction for the biggest upset that will happen in the first round of each region. The way we will then close the show will be each of one of the four of us giving our picks from the Sweet 16 all the way to the championship game. We will do that towards the end of the broadcast. But again, we're going to start by going region to region here. And the number one overall seed heading up the West region, Eric are the Gonzaga Bulldogs at 26-0, the first team to come into the tournament undefeated since the 2015 Kentucky Wildcats, looking to be the first team since 1976 in the Indiana Hoosiers to run the table in a college basketball season. Squid big! Suck it! You know what? I'm honestly glad that my phone was like, hey, wait a minute. Harry's going to pull a little bit of gimmick infringement. Let, let, let's just not let you hear that and let's let your Wi-Fi just you just gloss over that little bit for you. Make your life a little easier. Anyway, your thoughts on the overall number one seed Gonzaga? I mean, I'm personally not mad 
with what I have seen from Gonzaga, they have been far and away the best team in the country. The fact that they got to 26-0, won the West Coast Conference Tournament going away, it's very well earned. Now, what can they do is the big question because, yes, while they're the fifth team since 1976 to enter the tournament undefeated, only one of those teams has even made it to the championship game. Yes, that would be the 1977 Indiana State Sycamores, who lost to Magic Johnson and the Michigan State Spartans. 1979, hashtag real squid bit. Uh, Bite me. (laughs) Jason, your thoughts on the Gonzaga Bulldogs coming into this tournament undefeated? Uh, Cupcake schedule, the the Alabama of the NCAA. Um, I mean, they did beat West Virginia early in the season, but they got all they could handle in it. Uh, I think that they're, they're in a cakewalk bracket. Um, so uh, I don't see really much competition across that bracket. So, I mean, they, they earned it. So there's, I mean, given the, given their dues, there's another team in that bracket. That's looking for a little bit of revenge from a game earlier this season as well. Quit being a homer. Nope. That's kind of my stick around here, Jason. You should know that by now. Tom, your thoughts on the 26-0 Gonzaga Bulldogs? See, the only thing that I don't like about an undefeated team coming into the tournament is that they haven't tasted defeat. And so there's nowhere to build up from. You don't really know where you're weak at. You don't really know what you need to improve on. You don't really know what to expect getting into the tournament. And... One loss here means you're done. You could lose a game in the regular season, and they still probably would have ended up one of the one seeds in the tournament. But now you have to worry, is that loss just right around the corner? That's always been my biggest problem with this team this year, is when are they going to lose? When are they going to get defeated? When are they going to taste that? And when are they going to build from that? And I don't think they've done that. Personally, I don't think they make it to the Elite Eight, but that's neither here nor there. We'll discuss that later on down the line. The second number one team to discuss, Mr. John, is your team, the Michigan Wolverines. Regular season champions of the Big Ten, however, lost a heartbreaker of a semifinal against Ohio State on Saturday. So... The one thing that's going to bother me about Michigan right now is they're going in without their starting forward, Isaiah Livers, who they lost to uh, an injury, a stress fracture in his foot. It's a big loss for him. He was one of their top scorers, top leaders. He's a second-year starter this year. Um, you know, I it's not that I don't have faith that they're going to play well in this tournament. I just don't know that they have enough depth right now to make a really long run. Jason, the second number one seed are the Big Ten regular season champion Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, I mean, uh, the injury definitely hurts Michigan. Uh, I think the loss in the the Big Ten tournament actually helps them because it gets uh, lights a fire under that team. Uh, So I think they're going to bounce back. Uh, From everything I was hearing, uh, he may return by the Sweet 16 if they make it. Uh, he's got an outside chance of making it back by at least a Sweet 16 game. 
But they're they're and that, of course everything's going to be optimistic with an injury like that. But you can never really tell the severity of a stress fracture until you get out and test on it. So uh, I think Michigan's going to be the team to actually look out for, uh, especially if they get that fire lit under them coming off that uh, Big Ten tournament loss. Eric, it's a loaded bracket that they're in though with the SEC regular season and conference tournament champions Alabama. The the finalist in the Big 12 tournament, Texas, and the finalist in the ACC tournament, Florida State. Well, out of those teams, I would be worried the most about, I'm going to be completely honest, Texas. With Alabama, yes, while they caught their stride more towards the back half of the season, propelling them through the SEC tournament, Let's face it, they did get a teeny bit of a benefit with Kentucky having a down year. I'm not overall terribly impressed, and that really goes the same for Florida State. While they've been good, look at the Blue Bloods who have helped them in having their down years in North Carolina, even though they're an eight seed. Duke, who is out of the tournament entirely, that was a big question mark, their ACC run ending with COVID. So, I mean, I like Juwan Howard, what he's got in Michigan. There might be some patches, but I don't see them getting too challenged. The other thing that stands out to me about this particular sub-region is you have an absolutely delicious-looking first four game in Michigan State and UCLA as two of college basketball's blue bloods go at it in order to determine who gets to play BYU on Saturday afternoon. This game's going to happen on Thursday inside of the first four, and all of the guys on the NCAA tournament selection show on CBS, Seth Davis and Clark Kellogg, were salivating at the concept of this game to determine who even gets into this week's into this field of sixty-four. Excuse me. I, I mean, when you think about it, you pretty much nailed it. If there was ever a dream first four game, this would be it. And who knows? We've seen what VCU did going first four to final four. Wouldn't it be fitting with all the adversity and both of these programs slugging it out to their respective conferences that getting this what would normally be in a huge marquee win propels them deep into the tournament? Stranger things happen. I just think BYU has too much for either of these two teams to survive personally, especially after they take it out of each other on Thursday. Yeah, I'm not saying it will happen. I am just saying, would it surprise me if it did? Absolutely not. That's fair. The third number one seed, and we'll talk to Tom about this first because he and I were having this conversation before we got started here, is the team you feel leads the group of death, Tom, and that would be Baylor. This is absolutely the group of death. You've got a, first of all, you've got, Ohio State, who is absolutely on a tear uh, right now. Big with Ten runner-up. Big, big Ten runner-up, you're correct. You've got a team like Purdue, who is constantly playing well in the tournament. They make it at least to the Sweet 16. I think it's 12 of the last 14 years or something like that. They are a powerhouse when it gets down to the nitty-gritty. You do have a blue blood like North Carolina who's sitting there quietly at eight right now who they could find in the second round, or they can face Wisconsin, who is also another team that, you know, they love to upset uh, teams 
late in the tournament if they can. And then you have my personal favorite for the entire uh, first round, the matchup between Villanova and Winthrop, who I, which I think could be the game of the entire tournament in my mind. And whoever has to face either of those teams down the road is going to have their hands full. My team, one of my teams happens to find themselves in this bracket as well in Florida, as they are the seventh seed here in Baylor's region and looking at a potential second round matchup against Ohio state, which I am really hoping happens because I think that the Gators would face off, would square off very well with the Buckeyes. Jason, your thoughts about Baylor's region here. I think it's the toughest reason to pick. Uh, you got some, a lot of wild cards in there. And actually, the the team that I think coming out of this region is the team to watch is the 6C Texas Tech. I think that they're going to disrupt a lot of people's brackets, and a lot of people are going to sleep on them. Uh, <laughs> I think Ohio State is going to be outmatched um, in one of their matchups. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about possibly later. Uh, and I think that they're the – the fact that they did perform so well uh, down the stretch may have um, got the got the advantage of them looking past and living off past glory. Uh, so I, I think that this is the the probably the hardest hardest region to pick. This is definitely not an easy region to come out of. So um, and we'll talk about that a little later. Personally, for me, I have the group of death as Michigan's group being stuck in there with Alabama, Texas and Florida State, who were all at one point this season, if I'm not mistaken, ranked in the top five in the country. Eric, your thoughts on Baylor's group here. Do you agree with Tom and Jason that this is the group of death? I really do, because not only do you have some of your prime Teams like Ohio State, Florida, which I have my own thoughts about that matchup. Even someone who I'm giving a little bit more credit to, we talked about with Villanova. But there's one particular big upset that I'm looking at that you really want to talk disruptors when it comes to this particular region. This is one I'm not sleeping on in. You'll find out more when I get to the Sweet 16. I think I might know the one you're talking about because I'm tempted to pull the trigger on this one myself. <laughs> we move to the final of the four sub-brackets, and this one is led by Illinois, Eric. Oh, Illinois, Illinois. Also fighting in there, had a big overtime win against Ohio State, the Big Ten championship game came down big, even to the last couple positions in overtime. Big Ten champions, Illinois, American Athletic champions, Houston, and the Big 12 champion, Oklahoma State Cowboys, all reside in this sub-bracket, as well as the ACC champion, Georgia Tech. Um, Georgia Tech, again, not worried about. You know that from our conversation <laughs> leading up to the show. Houston, Sorry, man. slightly worried about, but not really. But that doesn't leave me completely confident about Illinois making too deep of a run out of this region. 
Let's let's get a little bit homeristic of our own in this sub bracket, Jason, shall we? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm looking at a very nice Sweet 16 matchup uh, that will have some personal feelings coming up uh, in the bottom half of that bracket. But I, I I think there's a team. I don't think Illinois is going to make it that far. I think Illinois has got is lucked out. Uh, getting a one seed, uh, I think there was a a better deserving team over Illinois, uh, even though they, uh, based on their performance, uh, I just don't think that they deserve the one seed here. And they're going to be exposed early and often. There's one particular team that has played Cinderella before in this particular sub-bracket, Tom, and that would be Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago getting an eight seed is finally them getting justice in my eyes. There's no longer getting pity votes with a 15 seed and getting pity votes with a 13 seed. Them getting up in the eight, nine matchup is perfectly uh, validated. They've got the most wins or they're tied for the most wins in this entire region for their regular season and including their uh, tournament for conference getting a matchup against Georgia tech. I think they're going to blow right through them. To be honest, I, I'm talking about 10-point win. Uh, the matchup with Illinois and the Loyola Chicago should be incredibly fun to watch. Can Sister Jean work the magic again is going to be the question here. I think that there's another big big team that everybody's sleeping on, too, and we'll get to them with my biggest upset pick in this region because I think one of the four, first four seeds isn't going to make it out of the first round in this bracket. We'll get to those here in a few seconds. All right, so we've already basically discussed it, but let's go ahead and officially confirm it here. I'm saying the group of death is Michigan's group, which would be the South, I believe. Or, excuse me, the East. The East. South would be the, the, yeah, the East. The South is the one that's led by Baylor. Yeah. Jason, you're saying the South. Yes, I said the, uh, yes, the South, the, the South led uh, Baylor bracket is the is definitely going to be the hardest one to pick. Uh, that's the one I struggled with with the most in my picks. Uh, Tom, you also agree with Jason, and you said the South as well. Yeah, the South has so much firepower right now in my eyes. A lot of teams that are hitting their strides, and this is one of those uh, one of those regions which will be revealed with my pick for this region that's going to have the opportunity for a Cinderella to make its way through. And then, Eric, you made it three out of the four of us picking the South. Absolutely. I've got a couple prime upsets in the South region, but this one wouldn't surprise me if the overall tournament winner comes out of the South, but I don't know if I'm ready to go that far yet. All right, let's go to our biggest upset of the first round in each sub-bracket. We'll start with the West, which is Gonzaga's group here. Uh, Eric, I'll let you go first. I'm going through, and honestly, with the West region, I've got a couple lower seeds making it through, but especially with how the tournament ended in Let's face it, the kind of lack of depth overall, the ACC isn't having their best year. And oh. I'm, 
I'm looking at Virginia and I'm like, could Ohio really pull something here? It was worth me picking them. It's like, why not? Ohio, I got them as my biggest upset of that region. Jason, who who do you who's your biggest first round upset in the West? Uh VCU over Oregon. So the ten sevens your only real major one? Yeah, I kinda went chalk the rest of the way. Um uh, I did uh I see that, you know, that first round's gonna be good. Now the second round's very interesting, but yeah, I see mine was VCU over Oregon. Tom, who's your biggest upset out of the West? I'm sorry, Harry. Have to step but, on uh, my toes. Oh no, I'm, no, worse, you're gonna go against my Hawks. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say rock chalk, drop the ball and die. Uh those poor guys. Uh-huh. They they just have not impressed me at all this year. I'm not impressed with anything they've done. Um I think this is one of those seasons where a lot of teams that normally perform well or underperforming and a lot of teams that play very poorly late in the season are playing well. I don't buy Kansas at all and I'm I smell that upset from a mile away. I'm going with Eastern Washington in the first round. That hurts, Tom. Well, you better go get yourself a band aid then. Well, uh Eric Yes you know how you had Virginia out in the first round? Yeah. Would it make you feel any better to know that I have them out in the second round to UC Santa Barbara? Eh. Teeny bit. I don't buy Creighton at all. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely think that UC Santa Barbara had one of the most slept-on seasons in the, this entire college basketball season, going 22-4, and four, winning both the regular season and the conference title in the Big West. I'm saying that the Gauchos not only take out the Blue Jays, they take down the Cavaliers as well. Jason! Something that would be a bit of a smile on my face, but if Ohio beats him to it, it would be even bigger. Jason, let's move to the East. Uh, my biggest upset here is uh, a common pick, everybody. Uh, is almost ever everyone's bracket has at least one of these. Uh, that's a 12-5 uh, upset, and I'm taking Georgetown over Colorado. Georgetown's coming in with a lot of momentum having won the Big East tournament otherwise they were what they are what is known as a bid thief this year going into the conference tournament at 9 and 12 and running four straight games in order to win the tournament and Patrick Ewing's boys qualify for the tournament here Tom See this one was really really hard for me to pick because at first I wanted to say that my boys up north in Michigan, we're going to get bumped early. But I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Jawan Howard is going to probably see to it that they find a way to get towards the Sweet 16 at least, maybe even the Elite Eight if they can squeeze a few wins here and there. Then I look down the line, and I go, huh, BYU, what have they accomplished this year? Yeah, they picked up 20 wins, but I'll tell you what. 
if Tom Izzo gets Michigan State into this tournament, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder for having to put up with a play-in game. And I think that those he's going to lead those guys right in there and not only knock off BYU if Texas or Emily and Christian get to the second round, I think Tom Izzo goes through them too. I may seed higher than you, Jason. I think that the Florida State Seminoles are in trouble. And I am saying that the UNCG Greensboro Spartans take them out of this tournament. Uh, Eric? Possible, but... Uh, Well, just like how you and I differ with Virginia, I have them out in the first round, you have them out in the second round. I've kind of got the opposite. You have Florida State out in the first round. I have them out in the second round. Also agreeing with Jason, I think with Ewing and how Georgetown had to battle with the Big East, let's face it, continuing a bit of a resurgence in the college basketball world, that's my upset that I'm looking at for this particular region. My biggest upset, I've got a couple in the East here. But your highest is the 12-5. Correct. All right. That takes us to the south where Baylor finds home. Tom, you lead us off here. Okay, guys. Say it with me now. Double whammy. We're talking about the 11 and the 13 moving on from this first round. We're talking about North Texas popping Purdue in the mouth, and we're talking about Utah State popping Texas Tech in the mouth. Both of these programs are on the uh, rise right now, and unfortunately, I just don't see Purdue doing big things this year in this tournament, and Texas Tech always plays better than they are in the regular season. This is not their year. The 11 and the 13 both get on from the first round. All right, so I agree with you on the 11 Utah State. I do think they bounce Texas Tech. But I think there's a team higher than 11, but lower than 13 that does advance. Villanova got an absolutely awful hand dealt to them here. Losing Colin Gillespie in the last week of the regular season to a torn MCL, and then having to play the 23-1 and Winthrop Eagles in the first round of the NCAA tournament. This is my marquee 12-5 upset, and I don't think this game will be close. Eric? I'll see. I'm really the closest with Tom as well. I got Utah State advancing. However... He's also off by one, and in your case, Harry, you're off by two. I thought about this one. Legit. I I figured you were going there when you mentioned it earlier. I thought about this one. Does anybody remember Paul Westhead? The former Suns coach. Even before then, before he was a former Suns coach, He was a coach at Loyola Marymount. We all remember that team. Hank Gathers, his unfortunate passing. But there was the nickname that he earned. The Guru of Go. Tempo, tempo, shooting, scoring, 
run it up. Colgate is awful similar to that. And I don't think Arkansas, with the kind of the grit and style that the SEC has, will come even close to matching that. So I have a couple upsets, and they're <laughs> set up to play each other. Colgate and Utah State. So apparently you're on an island by yourself with Texas Tech, Jason. Obviously, because my my upset doesn't come till the second round when six over three. Uh, I don't have any upsets in the first. I I've got pretty much the first. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't consider a nine over eight an upset. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I pretty much went, uh, you know, chalk uh, the first round and didn't see any upset till I got uh, the six over three in the second. Fun fact, actually, I saw this on the uh, on the NCAA bracket reveal on CBS. Did you know that in the last 140 games, so I'm not exactly sure how many years that translates to, in the last 140 games between an eight and a nine seed in the NCAA tournament, the nine seed has actually won more games, 72 to 68. Yeah, and it's at 140, you are going back 35 tournaments. So basically, since the field got expanded to 64 teams back in 1984. Thank you for the math, Eric. I appreciate it. Look, you're the one sitting here trying to do run-ins and everything with my squid bits. I have to do them justice. I was just I didn't hashtag squid bit that one. I just threw out the uh threw out the one earlier in order to get you back for using my gimmick on Black Irish. Have we not discussed the bounds of gimmick infringement here at the W2M network? Doesn't matter. I felt infringed. All right, let's move on. We oh, move to the Henry. Poor poor Henry. Uh are you some of the bitch? Shout out to Miss Kennedy. She'll be back hopefully in two weeks when we record our next football out, our next football broadcast. All right, let's move to the Midwest bracket here. And I go first in this one. And honestly, this is the one that I think goes relatively chalk. My only major upset in this bracket in the first round is Liberty over Oklahoma State. That got awkward. I got a 13 over a four, and that's going to be like the only one that I see in the first round here. So that's going to be my uh, big upset for this bracket. Eric? Uh, Not quite Liberty over Oklahoma State, but I'm with you for the most part. Mine is actually Syracuse over San Diego State. Something about Jim Beheim teams when they're cooking it just right. Something happens in the tournament. I think this could be it. Tom, who's your upset in the Midwest? You know, I thought about calling Liberty at Oklahoma State here, but I just don't trust that matchup enough. I think Oklahoma State's on a little bit of a tear right now, and I don't like going against momentum coming out of a conference title. But then I look one spot up and I go, Oregon State and Tennessee – do I trust the way Tennessee is playing right now? Not particularly. They couldn't hang at the end of the uh, 
matchup they had with Alabama. And I just don't know if they are ready for this scene yet. And for some reason, they were very inconsistent during the regular season. They went from like a top five team to, I think, a top 20 team at best at one point. So I'm going to give it to Oregon State. I think they're playing much better ball right now. Oregon State is another one of those bid thieves that we discussed earlier on in the broadcast, because much like Georgetown in the Big East, Oregon State wouldn't have made the tournament had they not won the Pac-12 tournament title. Jason, you close us off. Who's our biggest? Who's your biggest upset in the Midwest? I'm going to agree with Tom. I got I've got Oregon State over Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee's ready to take that that step. Uh, highly inconsistent, and mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I mean Oregon State's got that uh, momentum. They they are carrying that win from the conference title game. That seen them make the tournament only because they won the conference title. So I think they're, they've got something to prove that, um, that you toss out regular season when you enter into March Madness. I think this is the first perfect place to uh, prove that by taking the out the five seed in Tennessee. So there's your biggest upset picks from us. Um, I want to say we actually did pretty well on our upset picks two years ago. I know that one of us hit like, all four of his upset picks. I don't know who that was. But we'll, I'll have to go back and check out that episode in the archives and make sure that it was who I, who I thought it was. Because I think he's still on the show. But I'm going to have to look and make sure. Because there is a member of that broadcast who's no longer on the show. We don't talk about that anymore. Regardless. Um, now we go And it comes to our picks. We've got a few twinsies around here this year. Oh, Jesus, Watkins, really? What the fuck? And we could shake it up every now and then. Or shake it off. Uh, Either way. (laughs) Anywho. All right, so we've now reached the part of the show where we go from the Sweet 16 forward to give you our national champions. I ask my two fellow normal co-hosts this question. Do you guys want to do this one at a time, or do you guys want to go round by round here? Uh, We'll do it. Let's do it this way. Do everybody picks each the Sweet Sixteen going in, going into that the two Sweet Sixteen games from each region, uh, and just play out to their final uh, final four for that region. All right. So go region by region, and then do the final four at the end. Yes. All right. That works for me. We'll do this alphabetically. Eric, you start us off in the West. All right. In the West, my Sweet 16, I've got Gonzaga beating Creighton, Kansas beating Iowa, Gonzaga beating Kansas to reach the Final Four. All right. My Sweet 16 for for the West sees Gonzaga defeating UCSB. I mentioned earlier that I thought they would take out Creighton and Virginia. And then I have Kansas beating Iowa. And unfortunately, much though I don't want to agree with Eric, I do. I don't think the Jayhawks have enough firepower to take down the Bulldogs in their second matchup of the year. I also have Gonzaga coming out of the West. Jason? I have Gonzaga over Creighton. USC getting beat by Iowa, Gonzaga over Iowa. 
That hurts. Kansas Tom doesn't, Kansas doesn't very well in the tournament usually. Historically, you're right. They don't. Uh, I think last year would have been the exception had the tournament occurred, given the fact that the Jayhawks were in line for the number one overall seed. Let's see. I have Virginia over Gonzaga in the Sweet 16, and I've got Iowa over Southern California, and I've got Virginia over Iowa. Okay, so... So our, our uh, a lot of our teams match up, but different combinations. Uh, we got a lot of, at least somebody agrees with somebody on on the teams that uh, some of the teams are going to be there. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We move to the east, where, in my opinion, it will be Michigan over Colorado, and. Alabama over BYU. Alabama beats Michigan to reach the final four. Jason? I have Michigan over Florida State. Texas over Alabama. Texas over Michigan. Tom? I have Michigan over Florida State. And I've got Alabama over Michigan State. And I've got Alabama over Michigan. He puts his own team out in the elite in the elite eight, which is what I did with Kansas as well. I gotta take injuries into account, that's all. Right now, if Livers isn't playing, they're not making it past that point. Eric, finish us off for the East. Michigan over Georgetown. Okay. Alabama over Texas. And within the spirit of the Fab Five, Michigan over Alabama to reach the Final Four. Tom appreciates you, sir. I do. (laughs) Jason, you start. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Jason, you start us off in the South. In the South, I have. Baylor over Villanova, Ohio State over Texas Tech, Ohio State over Baylor. Tom. Okay, I've got Villanova over Baylor. I've got Utah State over Vautech. And I've got Utah State over Nova. That's that's a... Brave. <laughs> that's a ballsy. That's a ballsy prediction. He so he sent me his final four before we started the show, and I'm like, any chance you'd want to do a podcast tonight? <laughs> well, group, I mean, it's the group of death guys. It's the group yeah, that's of death, the, and everyone's gonna beat themselves. They're gonna beat up each other, and a team is gonna squeak out like a Utah State. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. I, I totally see that that being a. Um, uh, uh, the 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 bracket where you would see something crazy happen. All right, Eric, the South. Villanova over Baylor. Ohio State over Colgate. 
Ohio State beats Villanova to the, get to the Final Four. I have Baylor over Purdue. I have Florida over Utah State. And then Baylor beats Florida to go to the Final Four. No Tom, homers. You... We won't talk about homers because we're getting ready to come up to my bracket. You know it's a homer because I just said don't. Tom, the yeah. Midwest sets us up. Okay, so I've got Illinois over Oregon State. And let's see, I have Houston over West Virginia. And I've got Illinois over Houston. Eric? Loyola Chicago over Oklahoma <laughs> State. Eric's in his, Eric's in his cookies. <laughs> West Virginia over Clemson. Loyola so Chicago over West Virginia to get to the final four. Okay, he's how's the draft pussy again? No, believe it or not, and I have mentioned this with this Loyola Chicago team, it took four years, but I'm not bitter anymore. Count me on board the train. If they did it once, they could do it again. And this time, I won't have my heart ripped out while sitting at my desk and looking at the game at work. No, I'm didn't, still not salty or bitter. Didn't we do the? Didn't the first year we did the tip off? Wasn't that the year that Miami got beaten on the buzzer beater by Loyola? No, we don't have to talk about that. That no history. Long time ago, ancient. Mm-mm. We've been doing this three three years. So. Uh, four, I think. Well, three technically because we didn't do last year. Yeah. All right. My picks for the Midwest: see Illinois over Tennessee. You guys couldn't see it, but you could hear the eye roll there. I'm sure. <laughs> West Virginia over Clemson. And then the Mountaineers take out the Illini. See, Harry's trying to butter me up. He's buttering me up. I see what it is. Uh, Whoa, whoa. So you're saying he butters you up, yet you're calling me higher than draft nuts, yet you know mine is more realistic. I've heard it both ways. We say pussy here in the South in America, and it's draft nuts in Canada. I try to go on both sides of the border here on just the tip-off. Yeah, we I, I, switch I, both ways. So I've, anyway. I've heard about him being bi and not just serious. Yeah. Uh, I've got Illinois over Oklahoma State, West Virginia over Houston, fuck Dana Holgerson, um, and West Virginia over Illinois. Eric, run your final four to the title game. Uh, Gonzaga beating Michigan. I think the magic there ends. I also think the magic ends for Loyola Chicago. I got Ohio State winning. And and of all years with everything going on, Zags finished the job. (laughs) I have Gonzaga beating Alabama. Baylor beating West Virginia. 
Sorry, Jason. And Gonzaga 77-65 over Baylor to finish the job. Jason? I have Gonzaga over Texas, West Virginia over Ohio State, with the Zags running the table with a 95-88 victory over WVU. Tom's the only one of us that doesn't have the Zags in the Final Four. That's because the Zags aren't good. <laughs> having having watched several of their games this year, I'm going to agree to disagree with that sentiment. But how's your Final Four play out, Tom? Well, I've got Alabama over Virginia, and I've got Illinois over Utah State. And in a rousing rabble game, I've got Illinois stretching out a a very close victory of 73 to 71 over Bama. So three of the four of us take Gonzaga, Tom takes Illinois, but all of us have some definitely interesting moments ahead lying within this tournament. Guys, I missed March Madness. I'm so glad it's back this year. Yeah, me too. I mean, the the simulated one through the basketball game, the NBA 2K, whatever it was last year, was fun to watch, but it didn't feel the same. It's nice to uh, it's nice to be able to see these kids have a chance to compete for a national title, and it's nice to be able to block off Friday through Monday this year to sit down at noon and watch college basketball all the way until midnight. Tom, where can people find you online? Uh, somewhere. He's not real big on social media. I think he no. he has a Facebook. I don't even think you have a Twitter. I I vaguely use it very very uh, sparingly because I don't give a crap about Twitter. Find me on Facebook, I guess, if you can. I'm not going to give out that information, but if you can find me, <laughs> good luck. He has a pretty basic name, so it might be difficult. Yeah. Jason, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me uh, on Black Irish here on the W2M Network, also on the kickoff, uh, on Twitter at W2M Chairman. That's pretty much where I only give a fuck for people trying to find me at. Eric? At Squid Sports Hit on Twitter. I'm still going ahead trying to do some live tweeting whenever I can, especially when interesting things are on and my internet works. If you're looking for talking about other stuff, be it trolling, tutoring, what have you, Eric Watkins on Facebook, you know the drill, guy, recliner, wine, etc. And if you're looking for something completely different, slide into my DMs, undergo the strict and thorough vetting process, you'll gain access to my Miri, MeWe, Kick, Dark Twitter, Snapchat, Vero, whatever, all the stuff that I happen to be on. And as always, this plug brought to you by the fine folks at Rick's TNT LLC. Tutoring and tax consultation services available. Wedding services and or wedding officiating services and notary public services available in the state of Florida. Website and commercial coming soon. At ETB the Eagle, pretty much everywhere there is a place for me to be at ETB the Eagle, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Still no Snapchat, not happening, Eric. You say that. You say that. 
it's it's part of the bit at this point. But yeah, that's the main places you can find me. Also, you can find me on Grapple, which is the wrestling app, given my reviews and my ratings for the shows. Uh, Fast Lane next Sunday, which I'm going to try to watch the pay-per-view on one TV and the tournament on my tablet. That'll be a fun Sunday night. All that, and you can find me on The Reaction every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern. Myself, Tony Acero, and the co-hostess with the mostest, Miss Liz Puglisi, bring you all the latest happenings in the worlds of Raw and SmackDown. This week, we make our predictions for Fastlane as the road to WrestleMania continues. You have been listening to The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast services, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Eric, guess what? Spotify is here. And we'll have more Dick of the Weeks for you guys when we return back to The Kickoff. You've been listening to The, the Tip-Off, just The Tip-Off. A presentation of the W2M Network.